0: Hey, welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. I'm Bridger Paynton. So today we're going to talk about false beliefs people have around money uh, that they that keep. I Don't be offended by this episode, but keep poor people poor is the reasons, the things they believe about money and how money works. And they believe if they're making money, they're taking money from other people. We're going to address all these money concerns in this episode. Also teach you about the Fed and how the Fed creates money and is not a government entity it is actually a private institution anyways a lot of fun stuff in this episode hope you guys enjoy peace i've spent the last three years learning from some of the most ingenious fund managers around and now i've decided to take the plunge and start my own fund the real question is how will i do it with no investors and without an ivy league degree this podcast is going to give you the answer join me and follow along as i share mine and other stories as we start and build multi-million dollar investment funds I'm Bridger Pennington, and this is Investment Fund Secrets. Hey guys, welcome back to Investment Fund Secrets. So today we're going to talk about false beliefs around money. that People think a lot of different things about finding your passion project needs to be your work and source of income, and also money that there's a limited supply. Whenever you make money, you're taking it away from other people. And I've had a few people bring this up in our webinars and our online stuff, and I wanted to address, and I think this is something that my dad, who's, as you guys know, my greatest mentor ever, co-founder of a $20 billion family of funds, broke down throughout my entire life of these false beliefs around money. So the first one I uh, wanna talk about, so I was early in college, I was dating this girl, and we were going out, and she, we were talking about future plans and what she wanted to do with her career and what I was gonna do, and she kept saying, Bridger, well, you got to find something that you're very passionate about that you just love. You could wake up every day and do. And then somehow, if, as long as you're passionate about it, you'll, f- you'll figure out a way to make money. And I, we talked about this a couple of times and I kept thinking about it and I, didn't, I we were dating. So I, and we were like early, this is like first couple dates. So I didn't want to like have this really strong opinion and like offend her and she leaves. I always kind of kept thinking about maybe she's right. I always want to put people in the best case scenario. And I said, well, maybe she's right, right? Maybe that's something that that I should do is go after my passion. So I thought, what am I passionate about? I said I love skiing. It's one of my I like seriously. I love skiing. I'll like skip school or anything any day to go to go uh, shred some powder. Um, I was like I love skiing, but I'm a pretty bad. Like I'm not, I'm nowhere near to go pro. Or I mean, I was like I think I can make videos about skiing or like online or I could do marketing for skiing. I was kept thinking about skiing. I was like, huh, it's interesting. Another thing I really liked was. um, I love playing basketball. I love playing sports. I love being outside. I was like, wonder if I was like, there's some people out there that like make money. And I, anyways, I did this whole. If you guys have probably done this before too, you do this roundabout thought, and you're like, honestly, there's no like flaw, plausible way for me to make money on my passion. And so the alternative then is like, in her mind, was well, you're just gonna get a normal job doing something you hate, but at least it makes you a little bit of money, and you'll be poor because you're not passionate about it. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I completely agree with that. Anyways, I went through and I started taking some actually coding classes in college and I actually really loved coding. Um, it was information systems and I loved it not because I love to like sit behind a screen, like put the headphones on and code. It was because I loved the idea of whenever well, you guys have ever coded before and made any type of computer program, when you hit, like you have, and it's not like when you're in the, the process is kind of hard, but once it's built and it perfectly runs, you can just hit enter and your entire code runs, and whatever you've trained it to do, it goes and like, it grabs this, it scrapes this website, grabs this email, sends them an email, blah, 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 like all this stuff that it can do with one click of a button. Like for me, it would build this entire spreadsheet. It would grab all this data, aggregate, to just big data that was nasty, it was 100,000 entries. It would grab it, format it, build a beautiful um, presentation with with all these like pie chart, and every, and it was awesome. I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. And I, uh, I, I was like, wow, I must be passionate about coding, about information, because this is so great. And I realized something right there was I wasn't passionate about coding per se. I was passionate about building something that did work for me. I'm inherently very lazy. I think a lot of, I, there's a quote by Bill Gates. He says, if you have a problem, put the laziest person on it, because they will figure out the the easiest way to solve the problem. And I think inherently, I'm kind of that way too. It's like, I, I, if I don't have to do the grind, I don't want to do the grind. You guys know my story, right? The grind of doing ten years on Wall Street, of doing the MBA and the two-year analyst thing, and the the whole write-your-ticket path, right? I've talked to you guys about it before. You guys know this consulting, investment banking path on Wall Street. And I was like, man, that seems really hard. I wonder if there's an easier way to get to the same destination. If I could go two different routes and get to the same destination, I'll, you know, let's see if there's another way. And there was another way of me launching my own fund, and. Uh, and I right now applying, if I want to go apply for, I, I match up pretty well with guys that went through investment banking and consulting because of how much experience the fund, my, actually our second fund, our third fund we're launching right now, it's pretty exciting. Um, I can't tell you the details of it, but it's pretty fun. And uh, that has given me way more valuable information to my life. And so anyways back to the story I was coding and I realized like I love building systems, things that make my life easier. And it makes, it inherently just makes everything easier. And so I, I knew I loved building systems. I'd started a couple of businesses. You guys know my story as well. I've started like seven businesses college. I started a couple of businesses and I, it was interesting. If you guys have ever started a business, I'm sure a lot of you listening to this have, it doesn't matter if it's a fund or not, any type of business or even like a sales program. When you make that first sale or make that first taste of money and you're like, holy crap, that was awesome. And you wake up in the morning, like we did an online marketing business early on and you would fall asleep and you run some ads in the morning, you wake up and you made like 200 bucks. And I was like, holy crap. Like I just made money while I was sleeping. Like that is cool. Or a sales, like on sales, if you you know make a certain number of calls every day, it's not like an hourly wage. It's like how much you perform, how much value you add is how much money you get back. And I was like, I started to feel this passion inside of me. It wasn't, it wasn't like a passion. Like I love to ski. That's like a hobby that I like to do. It was a passion of like, this is, I like this because it makes me lots of money. And I think any business owner, if you guys have ever, you know, the entrepreneur bug, they call it the moment, like someone makes whatever X number it is, it could be a thousand dollars, could be $10,000, could be a hundred thousand dollars. The moment uh, a, I, I call them entrepreneurs. people that want to be an entrepreneur, a entrepreneur makes that X number, whatever that is in their head. Uh, let's call it, and for me, it was $10,000. That was my number. I really wanted to make like 10 grand on my own business. And I had done a, and I'll tell you another story, I guess, and, I, and I've done a lot of business tries, right? Before I did my fund, I had tried and failed and tried and failed. And I did this one business and we were connecting real estate, uh, people that wanted to sell their real estate properties to potential buyers and I would connect the two and I would make five to ten grand if they if it happened. That was the model. And I was like, okay, and I had a few guys teaching me and I went through this model of okay, I'm gonna find people that I'd go call them up. Hey, what's your dream house? Right? What is your exact dream property or investment property that you want? Okay, and I'd go find those people and then I'd find cash buyers and I'd link the two together and I remember my first deal, I I uh, found a cash buyer, I found someone selling a house and I put them together and I made five thousand dollars. And I was like, what? I was like, I, I kind of, I remember looking at the check, like, and I took it to the bank and I remember walking into Wells Fargo, like, how did I just make five grand? Like I have friends at work 40 hours a week, uh, five days, six, five to six days a week for a month to make five grand that month. That's a $60,000 a year salary, right? Average starting salary at of college. And I was like, I just made that. And it didn't seem like it was that much work. And I built this little system. And about three weeks later, I had another one. And I made, I made another five grand, I made 10 grand. In, in the matter of three weeks. And it wasn't that much work, right? And I was like, and you guys know this process called wholesaling, real estate wholesaling is what it's called. And um, I was like, holy crap. And then I was like, okay, I'm passionate about this. Like <laughs> I I definitely have a passion for doing this because it's so rewarding to, you can make a lot of money with the same amount of work. And so I back to that, you know, that early conversation I had with that, that one of that girl I was dating in, in college, And she was saying, you have to start with your passion of what you like right now. I disagree. I think there are lots of passions that you haven't discovered yet. And it takes a little bit of work to discover the passion. The first time I went skiing, I didn't like skiing. I hated it, right? It was cold and it was snowy and I kept falling. My ski set breaking off, right? But I went enough times, I was like, oh, I'm kind of passionate about this. I think it's the same thing with businesses and with starting a fund, right you get in and and for me I had shopped around all these different vehicles so I said I I know I like I it doesn't matter what it is whenever I make money and I feel like I didn't work that hard for it I didn't work like you know 400 hours in a one week to, to to make that money it felt relatively not easy but it was it was a uh, efficient way to make money I was like wow I'm I like that I like that feeling and I so I tried five or six different businesses and finally I stumbled upon a fund And you guys know my story, my dad taught me what a fund was. And I had this idea and we started our fund and it was like, holy crap. Like I can make, I'm making money when when I sleep on Sunday morning, on, you know, Monday night when I'm watching Netflix, like I'm still making money because I've deployed capital into these investments and they're just turning and they're making me money. And yes, there's stress that goes along with it. Yes, there's other things. But I was like, I was just hooked on this bug of like, holy crap, I can work, you know, this many hours up front. And on the back end make a lot of money, like my dad did. He worked really hard up front for four or five years. Like crazy. And the quote you guys know of, work like nobody else will, so you can live like no one else can. Right? And my dad did that. He worked like no one else would was willing to work up front. And now people ask him, Oh, John, you're so you know, you can do whatever. And he goes, You guys don't you guys don't see what happened the last decade of my life of I couldn't go coach my son's football team, or I couldn't go on a trip to Hawaii. I was working. And now we go to Hawaii all the time or we got to do whatever all the time, right? And that's his lifestyle. And for me, I thought, I got to pick a vehicle that can make me the most money possible. And that's where I picked the fund, right? The fund model, I said, this model is so lucrative. Real estate wholesaling, right? You, There's a cap, right? There's only so many deals you can do in a month, right? It was a cap, I don't know, maybe I don't know what the cap would be, but let's call it 50 grand or hundred grand a month, which is still a really good. If you did that every single month, that'd be awesome. But it's up and down. There's tons of competitors. I was like, Hmm, that's interesting. I found out a fund. There weren't a lot of competitors. You get crazy tax incentives and it's a lucrative model that you can scale all the way to the moon. And I was like, Holy crap. If I can just build the system, right? This, this model, it's like, just like coding, like the programming. I can just hit enter And it just churns out money. I can build a money-making machine so that I can go skiing on the weekends, so that I can fly with my wife to California, we can play on the beach, right? Or so that I can have time with my future kids and I can go to their soccer games, right? If I can build a system now, it'll free up my life forever. And that is what I became passionate about. I didn't know that originally. I became passionate about, I want to have an incredible life. And really the only vehicle to get there is making a lot of money with the least amount of time. So I said, okay, I think a fund is one of the best vehicles on the planet to make a lot of money with, yes, time up front, but time down the future that it can save me in the future so that I can travel to Italy and go uh, to the Great Wall of China and have all these great dreams of mine and have time with my kids and family and be that person. Okay, and that's what I became passionate about. I said, how can I make money the best? And, and it's funny, my, my wife, Um, now different girl. I didn't end up marrying that girl. We broke up and because our, we didn't have the same like alignment, but I met my wife and we started talking about this and she totally agreed. And she was actually talking to a friend a little bit ago, same conversation. Her friend was like, I don't know what to do with my life. I don't know what's going on. And she just said, well, stop worrying about passion. Learn about a way that you can make the most money as fast as possible. She was like, what? What are you talking about? So yeah, if you make the most money as fast as possible right now, it gives you the freedom in the future and the ability to just do your passions, not try to make your passion and business the same thing. Just do your passions. Just have fun. Go skiing, go go surfing, go hang out with your kids, whatever you want to do. You can go watch Netflix for two days straight if that's your passion, right? Um, if you have a lot of money because money gives you time. So that was my, my first thing I, I, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about. And I believe, you know, shop your vehicle, whatever your vehicle you think is a really good way to make money. I believe funds, launching a fund in any way, shape or form, venture capital, private equity, debt funds. I mean, even starting a fund to blow, like raise money for a hot dog. You have one hot dog stand or you have a friend who has a hot dog stand. Let's blow that up into a, a thousand hot dog stands, right? That's still this fund model. Let's, you have a friend that runs a landscaping business. Why are you doing it so small? Let's, let's go across the country. Let's expand. Let's go big. That's what we do inside of a fund. Um, secondly, false belief I get from, this is a lot of, um, I don't want to, I mean, it's hard to say, I don't be offended by me saying this, please promise. Do not be offended, but it's a lot of poor people believe this. A lot of poor people believe this is that when they make money, they are taking money from somebody else. And it makes sense, right? You think about, okay, there's only so many dollars in the world. Every time I make dollars, it must be that there's poor people. There's people in poverty that don't have the dollars. And Oh, there's people like Jeff Bezos and Bill Gates, they have all this money and they they are the 1% and they're the reason that we all live crappy. And I would I completely disagree with that argument for till the day I die, at least with our current monetary system. That is not true. In the least but you go Bridger, How is that not true? Right? I make money. I what you know what's what, what do you mean? Let me just tell you a few things that happen with money and how money is I guess you could say printed or deployed or leveraged, okay? How money is created. First off, the Federal Reserve, right? We all talk about the Fed. The Fed right now is lowering interest rate rates, raising interest rates. The Federal Reserve is not a government entity. Wait, hold on, Bridger. Yeah, the gov- the Fed is not a government owned. It's not a government owned. It's it's a private business. It's a private entity run by 12 different Uh, people that sit on the board usually most of them are from banks uh the president of a bank will sit on the board it's run by the banks the banks run the fed who prints the money that they use i mean it's the best business model in the world if you can figure out anything in life if you can be the guy who prints the money you're in you're in a good spot and that's where if you guys have heard of the rothschild family kind of a lot of a lot of uh conspiracies around their family but they invented modern banking as we know back in germany they launched the first central bank and they said hey uh and Germany, they did the German. They did the England. They started doing it all throughout Europe, and they would go to these countries and say, "Hey, it's not a good idea for the government to print its own money because it can get out of control. People can can manipulate it. It's just not a good thing. We need a private institution to do it." And they said, "Well, who can do it?" And he said, "We can do it." And they would step in. Their business model was printing the money for. That's the best business model ever, right? So they come in, they start printing money for not printing money, but creating currencies essentially and managing those currencies for different countries. Now the Rothschild family is a conspiracy estimated today that they own about a third of all the wealth on the planet is, is in the Rothschild family. That's like, I think they estimated about $8 trillion. This one family controls and owns, and they only let their kids intermarry within themselves because they want to keep the money in the family so the kids and cousins or whatever, they often marry each other to keep the money and bloodline all together and small. They don't want people just marrying whoever. That's how, like this family is nuts. Anyways, besides the point, they launched modern banking and the Fed kind of copied a similar thing. The Fed is an external entity from the government. that's not elected. You can't elect somebody to be on the a chairman of the, the Fed. They get appointed and they monitor monetary policy. Now, one of the things that they get to monitor is it's called the reserve bank reserve rate. So this is why I don't believe it's not a zero sum game with if every time you make money, you're stealing money from somebody else. When you take a dollar and put it into your bank account, you go to Wells Fargo, you deposit it, you put $1 in, the Fed says Wells Fargo can create new money 16 times what they have in deposits. Let me say that again. So, if you put a dollar in to Wells Fargo, Wells Fargo itself can create, is allowed to create 16 times the dollar. So, 16 more dollars. So, if you put a million dollars into the bank account, Wells Fargo can go make $16 million of loans and create that money out of thin air. They don't have to go print it, come off the line. It's just digital, it's all digital currency. We are not backed by a gold standard right now. It is digital currency, they just create, they can create $16 million, okay? If that, first off, when I first heard that, it kind of blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> bank? This is how banks run. It's the best, best. I, I wanna launch a bank one day and just, anyways, these guys, coupled with a fund, is like the best model I think you can be in. <laughs> These guys run the world, right? They run all money and they get to make the rules of the Fed so they can change that reserve rate. And I, I believe they just changed it Um, with the coronavirus, they can print almost unlimited amount of money banks can. The feds put rates almost at zero. I mean, there's just an, it seems like an unlimited supply of money being created. So when you're at your nine to five job and you make money, you're not taking money from every anything you are slivering. There's a whole stream of money in the economy and it's getting bigger and bigger. And you are just carving out a little sliver, hundred thousand dollars a year, or even a little teeny sliver, a hundred Let's call it 10 million dollars a year. You could slice out 500 million dollars a year, 500 million, and no one even know. I'm not even kidding. Nobody would even blink an eye. That's how much money is out there, and how people like me and you need to think bigger. And that's what we're trying to do on this show and podcast and all the things is think bigger. Stop playing small. I love Steven Schwartzman. He's the one of the co-founders of Blackstone, largest private equity fund in the world. They control. Pretty much everything, most major businesses and companies that you see today, that you think are just normal companies, they're actually controlled behind the scenes by private equity companies, huge ones. And Blackstone's one of the biggest. They own MGM Grand. I mean, they own just these Vale ski resorts. I mean, they just own a lot of different businesses. And um, Blackstone, Stephen Schwartzman, he he has he's quoted all the time. His favorite quote is, "If you're gonna do something well, you might as well do it big." If you're going to make one hot dog stand, you might as well make a thousand because it's going to take about the same time and energy to make one work as it will to make a thousand. Why not make a thousand and reap the benefits of a thousand hot dog stands versus just one? And his whole mantra is just play big. There's no reason in playing small. And you guys know that if you're in real estate, you know, it takes the pretty much the same amount of work to do a $50,000 deal as it does to do a $2 million deal. For a $5 million deal. Same amount of underwriting, due diligence, title work, legal work. It's pretty much the same. Why not do the $2 million or the $5 million or the $50 million real estate project when it's, a, and maybe it's an incrementally a little bit more work. Why not play big? And with your money and with what you're thinking, stop blaming billionaires. Stop blaming the wealthy of the planet. They have figured out how to build systems. And maybe you don't like it. Maybe you say, you know what, Jeff Bezos and, and Bill Gates, those guys, screw those guys are the worst. They take all of our money. And that's fine. You can think that. That's not going to change your bank account though. You playing small isn't going to change anybody else. You might as well. That's the system that's currently in place. Now, if you want to vote for different candidates and change the system, it's totally up to you. It's fine. It's It's your opinion. But the current economic system incentivizes people to take risks, to build big, and to provide value to the world. Guys like Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos have provided more value to the world than anybody else. And that's why they have so much money in their pockets. And you may may disagree about that but because they've added so much value to the marketplace, we keep paying them and we keep saying yes, we keep validating, yes, this is valuable to me. I will trade money in for a two day shipping of my uh, phone case, right? Or I'll trade money in for a computer software, right? Same thing with Apple, right? And you trade your money for these products because they're good products. If you if they weren't good products and they didn't provide value, you wouldn't exchange your money for it. That's the definition of like economics, right? Um, so stop blaming rich people you can either criticize the wealthy or you can just become wealthy. And then it's funny. And I've actually, because of my dad and you guys know, I've told you his story because of him, I've been able to hang out with wealthier groups and circles. And it's really funny. I, before I kind of thought wealthy people were evil and bad and out to kill everybody. Cause it's always the rich person in the movie. That's like the worst. It's actually some, there's most wealthy people in my opinion, are very, very amazing people. they, help the poor. They donate money. They have a full time. They feel a responsibility and a weight on them to give back, to serve. And they, a lot of them like don't drive Lamborghinis. They don't drive nice cars. They live in a pretty, I mean a nice house, but they drive a, you know, they drive a decent Mercedes. It's not nothing, nothing, not the highest Mercedes, like a middle-class Mercedes. And they, uh, you know, do well for themselves, but they try to give and serve and bless as much as possible because they feel this weight on them. And when you become wealthier and you start making money, you're gonna feel that same weight and this weight to give back, to contribute that you've been blessed. And I, I'd i rather be on that side of the table than the side of the table that's begging and asking and saying, hey, I went after my passion of skiing and I, uh, I'm i broke. I actually have no money and I'm you know, 40 years old. Can I please get a handout from the government or can I please get a handout from one of these rich people? I'd rather be on the other side of the table saying I have the money. I'd love to help you guys out and I'm gonna go skiing on the weekend right? Anyways, longer episode, a little bit of a rant in there. Hope you guys enjoyed. Um, And uh, hit me up on Instagram. if You guys have any questions, anything else you want to talk about? Hey, hey, wasn't that awesome? Hey, if you want to learn more about funds, I actually have the unique opportunity to sit down with a co-founder of a 20 billion dollars family of funds for an entire hour. And he did a full training on how he launched his fund, how to find investors, how to find your niche in that space. If you're interested, go to investmentfundsecrets.com. You can hop on that training for absolutely free. Listen to him for a full hour. It's an incredible training. And that knowledge actually as a mentor helped me launch my first fund. I think you guys will really enjoy it. See you on there. Bye.